Welcome, friends, to Journey to Grateful Podcast. I'm Tim Begonia, your host, and I welcome you to this podcast today. And if you are a new listener, please go ahead and take a listen to our previous episodes. I think you will gain much, much knowledge, and it will hopefully help you on your current journey in grief, if that is who you are. If you are looking to support a family member or a friend, and are just a little unsure how to do that the best possible way, our other episodes are there to help you as well. And of course, go on over to journeytograteful.com. Besides the podcast, you can also find blog entries. These stories are actually written by many contributors who provide you with their experiences to help you along your grief journey. And by the way, wherever you get your podcast, go ahead and subscribe at Spotify or at Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode that comes out. And if you're over on Apple Podcasts, please consider taking just a moment to rate and review the podcast. Why do I ask you this favor? Well, most people are not going to necessarily be delivered the Journey to Grateful podcast unless there's enough ratings and reviews on the podcast itself. So if you haven't done so yet and you enjoy any of these episodes, I greatly appreciate that you help us in our mission to spread the word and provide more and more people access to the Journey to Grateful podcast. And lastly, head on over to Facebook, or Instagram, and join the conversation there. Every week you will see and receive many different inspirational quotes or just thoughts that I happen to be going through at the time, and you can join the conversation like so many other people who are dealing with grief and learn and support each other. So I thank you one more time for stopping by the show and being a listener each and every episode. I appreciate it. And now on to this episode. So let me start out this episode explaining that I have not been personally told, nor has it been implied to me by anyone, as to how I should grieve. But that is the episode's title being told how to grieve, and there's a reason for it. In this episode, instead, it's about a written passage a friend shared with me just last week. It is so on the point that I felt compelled to share it with everyone and discuss it as an episode. If you're currently processing your grief, or if you are on this unbelievable journey and you feel a bit lost, I think it's safe to say that you've already experienced many different types of quote-unquote support from those in your life. Some who seem to understand it all a bit better than others, and some who mean well, but let's just say they stumble trying to help appropriately, or more commonly, in their awkwardness with grief, they say some insensitive things. Now, often without realizing their own insensitivity. So you need to kind of give them a break. Now, I've been vocal in the show toward those trying to understand how they can best support a friend or a family member that are currently experiencing loss. Now, oftentimes, the best thing to do is to try to take cues from the friend or family member who are going through their grief. Maybe listen more than you speak. It's a crazy idea, but listen to them more than you speak. Really, hear them. 
be with them and just be there for them. That's usually good enough. I'm aware that it sounds like you're offering no help at all, but sometimes I personally just want, no, actually, I need to just talk to somebody. For someone who has been widowed, I believe it's a bit different than other losses because my everyday co-pilot, my best friend, my sounding board, my 24-7 person I can lean on is the one who's gone. So when I say, quote-unquote, I just want to talk, it's because at times you really feel like you have no one to talk to. Now, if you're a frequent listener, you know that I've mentioned many times, even bragged about how incredible my support system has been. We have been unbelievably fortunate. But there are times when standing in a full room of people, I can actually feel alone or lonely. I'm sure some listeners are nodding their head right now. It's, it's hard to explain, but there it is. So now let's dive into this writing by John Rodell. This was sent to me by a friend, and I'm telling you, there are so, mo so many points in this particular writing that I just was nodding my head and saying out loud, yeah, exactly, that's right. So I felt compelled to share it with my listeners. If you are going through grief, there's going to be a lot in here that rings a bell and you are going to be nodding to yourself. Yep, this guy put it into words. And if you are trying to support somebody, understand that everything that this man has written is absolutely perfect. So I'm going to read a few passages. I may stop here and there to share some points or some thoughts and detail some things that have really, really touched me about this writing. So let's go on. When somebody else tries to tell you how you should grieve, smile and forgive them through your watering eyes. And then imagine how lonely it must be to be the person who audits the tears of other people. The well-intended will tell you how long you should miss your beloved. But you take your time. Grief is a hedge maze, and being lost inside of it is more than okay. Don't race through your headache, because you might just miss a miracle or two. Now I'm going to stop there, and I'm just going to relay to you some thoughts that I had in that immediate first few sentences. I love that he talks about how people are well-intentioned, yet they're not going to completely and fully understand. And that's what I just got done saying, and I've mentioned it in other episodes. I really like his grief is a hedge maze, and being in, lost inside of it is more than okay. That is wonderful, and that's a wonderful analogy. Analogies in grief, to me, seem to be quite important because, first of all, they allow the person who's grieving to better understand what they're going through. And secondly, it's really a good way for us who are grieving to explain it the best we can possibly explain it to the others that don't quite understand or get it. So I think this passage, this small passage, is absolutely right on point. John goes on by saying, It can take two lifetimes to recover. When our beloved becomes an empty chair, it's okay. Take as much time as you need. Your healing is your healing. 
and the scars of absence which itch longer than you can imagine, but that is because you risked to love so deeply, and that is far better than the alternative. Now I'm definitely going to stop there because this one is full of wonderful, wonderful things. I love that it talks about, again, taking your own time. Take as much time as you need. But this phrase, your healing is your healing, is so very important. Nobody can tell you how to heal. Nobody can suggest to you that you should be healed by now, or you should be at this point, at this particular juncture in your first year or your first couple of months. Nobody can do that except for you. And he finishes this section by indicating that this is going to take longer than you can possibly imagine. And I like this part where it says, but that is because you risk to love so deeply, and that is by far better than the alternative. That is wonderful. The reason why we grieve and we grieve so deeply and we grieve for so long and it is so painful is because we dared to love so deeply and we loved so completely. And it makes sense. The grief is going to equal the love. Now, this next section might be my favorite. It goes, I am proud of you and the courage it takes for you to grieve so fearlessly. Don't listen to those who want you to go back to normal. Normal will never exist again for those of us who have lost a part of our heart. If the moon broke in half, would it feel normal? To hell with normal. Normal was their scent on your collar. Normal was their voice resting in your ear. Normal was their touch on your skin. Now, absolutely my favorite section is this one. I love how he talks about, you know, there is no normal ever again. But I love, again, the analogy. If the moon broke in half, would it feel normal? That is absolutely wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful. In the last three lines, normal was their scent on your collar, their voice resting in your ear, and their touch on your skin. That was normal, and normal does not exist without those things. That is absolutely just a gem. So I want to make sure that everybody hears this. Now I'm going to go on to another section, and this section I like just as much as the last. You have a new normal. It's looking at the shape of clouds for messages from the great beyond that your beloved is fine. You have a new normal. It's building a cabin in the woods of your memory where you and your beloved can meet for lunch. You have a new normal. It's crying and laughing at the same time whenever their favorite song plays on the radio. Now with this passage, he has points that he makes here and it is absolutely brilliant. You have a new normal. It's building a cabin in the woods of your memory where you and your beloved can meet for lunch. That is absolutely poetic, and that is wonderful. And the last one, it's crying and laughing at the same time whenever your favorite song plays on the radio. Now, if you've experienced loss, you know that there are triggers in your emotions, and it doesn't matter where you are, and it certainly doesn't matter how long from your loss that you have come. 
It can be a week after. It can be a month after, a year after. It can be four years after, six years and 12 days. It doesn't matter. These triggers, these grief bombs, as they're called, are going to always be there because there's going to be something in life that reminds me of my wife. There's going to be something in life that reminds you of your child or your parent or your cousin or your best friend. And the the whole picture here of crying and laughing at the same time because of the song that came on the radio, it reminded you of them. And you are happy because you have great memories of that song and of that person and when you would listen to it but you are so sad and you're crying. So you've got that laughing and crying at the exact same time. You get the the tension there and you can start understanding what people who are in the midst of their lost journey are actually going through. And if you are one of those people who are trying to be there for your friend or your family member and you're trying to help them through, sometimes understanding why they're doing or reacting to certain things makes all the difference in the world and makes you a better person to support them because you completely understand and you get it. If they're laughing and crying at the same time, and perhaps if there's a song on in the background, it could be in a grocery store and it could be playing overhead very subtly. It caught their ear and it didn't catch yours. You have to understand why that is happening to them. And now on to the last section. It's a bit longer, but stay with me. Grief isn't the enemy of life. Numbness is. Don't become numb to your suffering. Welcome it in and let it wrap you up like a blanket. Whenever it shows up at your door, it's okay. I swear, it's okay. Your beloved misses you just as much as you miss them. And someday, you too will get all tangled up together again. Someday, you two will push each on a swing again under a shower of falling blooms. And someday, you two will ride comets together on the edge of everything. And someday, you two will giggle at all of the idiots who tried to tell you how to grieve. Now, the beginning of that particular section is probably the area that touched me the most. Grief isn't the enemy of life. Numbness is. I really, really like that insight because, yes, grief, it feels like it's an enemy. It feels like it is trying to beat you down. But truly, you are growing with every time you shed a tear. But if you choose to stay numb and not feel anything, that is definitely the enemy of life. So I love how he puts that together. And I like how he says to welcome it in and let it wrap you up like a blanket. And whenever it shows up at your door, you should do this. I really, really like that. But he goes on to give you some comfort. It's okay. I swear. It's okay. And that is wonderful because sometimes when people are expressing their grief and it is a bit early on in their grief journey. You know as well as I, because we were there, people would say, you're going to be okay. People say, you're going to move forward. And either 
we didn't want to hear it or we didn't hear it because those were the words that we were not willing to hear. But occasionally it's okay and it's good to hear somebody say, you're going to be okay. I know that before my wife passed, we had some time to discuss many details. It was actually her that would bring them up, and she was she was quite wonderful about that because she knew that we couldn't let certain things be unsaid. So she would be the one to bring them up. And she was definitely worried about myself and our family, our three kids. And she told me that she knew that we would be okay. That she had the confidence that I would do the right things and make the right choices and do well. And that meant everything. And she didn't have to say that. But she did. And although I didn't want to have discussions like that with her, I am so very, very glad that I did. It it was a priceless gift that she gave me. A thanks goes out to Karen, who contributed that story to me. She passed it along and thought that it would resonate with me, and she certainly was right. And I'd also like to point out that Karen has been a contributor over on journeytograteful.com. Go over to that website, select our stories tab, and then her story is A Mother's Uncommon Grief. It's a powerful read from a very powerful writer. So thank you again, Karen. And of course, thank you for taking the time and listening to this particular episode. And if you've listened to any others, I really appreciate that you're part of this community. Remember, the community is not just the podcast, but we also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Go ahead and join those pages and be part of the conversation that is going on over there. If you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, remember... Please, if you could take the time, rate and review the show. It will allow podcasts to actually deliver the show to more people, and thus we will expand our reach. And lastly, if you would like to discuss anything with me, you want to connect directly with me, go ahead and send me an email, tim at journeytograteful.com. I guarantee I will respond to your email, and I would love to hear from you. Let me know if you have ideas, or just let me know your story. I would love to help if I can. And finally, as I usually do, I'd like to close with a bit of inspiration. This particular quote comes from Martin Luther King Jr. Out of the mountain of despair, a stone of hope. Now, I really appreciate this particular quote because if you're going through grief, if you have lost somebody, I know that we all understand what that mountain of despair is all about, but we need to search and look and find those stones of hope. There are bits and pieces of hope in everyone's life, no matter what you've been through. Search those out. Find them. I have bits of hope almost every single day, and I can certainly tell you the three largest bits of hope that I have are my children. 
So thank you, my friends, for joining me once again today. Stay strong and remember to always search for hope in the days to come. I wish you a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye.